Good evening, Black Urban America. Um, this week has been a trying week. Uh, I am Kenneth Jones, host of Black Urban America, uh, sponsored by Queen Mother for Real Media. I just want to take care of a couple of housekeeping uh, 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 things. On Thursday evening, we had Superior Power in Black America by Monique and Dow Freeman, who discussed the economic development in the black community. On Saturdays, we have Provocative Thought with Carl Sneed, who explored various social behaviors in the black community. On Sundays, we have um, Sister Sagoma, who uh, explore various issues from the European perspective as well as the womanhood perspective. The Thursday show is at 8 o'clock. The Saturday show about the thought is at 8 o'clock. And Sunday, the show is at 7 to 9. This week, has been, well, last week, for the last week, has been some very trying times. Uh, the, you know, it continues to have a phenomena of black men being murdered by law enforcement. And I just want to pay, play a song to contribute to all the young brothers as well, all the black men that has been murdered at the hands of law enforcement. Exposure. 
We go back to go back to work. We go back to our daily lives, and no more is heard of until the next incident. Now, I mean, every talk show, black and white, Latin, I don't care, it's BBC, ABC, NBC, PBS, PBS, NPR, even Fox. What surprised me? It was getting ready to die down until Dallas happened. The world is finally taking heat. Even white folks are saying, wow, they really live in fear. But this has been going on before I was even born, David. And all of these protests and rallies, okay, now we got, now we got the attention. Now we got the attention. What should we do with it, David? Well, you know, I think the serious situation is that our people, for the most part, have been very reactive over these past few years. And it was not, I think it began with the civil rights movement in the um, late 50s, and, you know, it really blew up in the 60s. And then you had the 70s, you know, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, and where Afrocentrism was very much on point. It was okay to be black. You were proud of your black skin. And then the 80s came, and we kind of turned our attention to our monetary achievements. And, you know, with that, of course, the technology boom in the 90s and things, and things went by the wayside because it was supposedly, it was no longer the measure of your skin that was important, but your bank account. And then, of course, what it all came down to was the fact that your bank account was never going to measure up because of the skin you were in. So then we said, okay, well, we're just going to do our own thing, and, you know, everything is equal. And then we, of course, are really brought back, you know, kind of slap in the face, everything is not equal. You're still thought of as a second-class citizen. There's still things you don't have. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement was created, and shortly after that you got, well, all lives matter. Well, then, you know, there's a spin on it. Well, I mean, Asian lives matter. Well, Latino lives matter. Wait a minute. Last time I checked, Caucasian lives are not the ones being threatened at the point of a gun. So, That's yes, right. your lives matter, but right now black lives are being taken. So we're seeing black lives matter because obviously you don't get it. I live in Oakland, California, actually what's considered East Oakland, which is it doesn't get any more inner city, actually, than where I'm at. And, you know, I look at the police and they are, I guess you could say, kind of treading on uh, thin ice because we're going through a phase of gentrification here where the actually Oakland back in the 1970s was predominantly about 70% black. Now we make up about 24% of the population, and it's rapidly decreasing. Hey, you know what? Oakland, I just want to tell everybody, Oakland is the birth home of the Black Panthers, is it not? That's correct. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And they have a long legacy here. And they just had a, um, matter of fact, a... I want to say not a not a protest, but more of a awareness rally to say, you know, this is some some of the remaining found members of the Black Panthers who are still alive have said, you know, this is this is what we were fighting and dying from so many years ago. I can't believe we're still doing this. What are we going to do now? So they've got one coming up in August, and it's called the 50th anniversary of the Black Panthers. Where do we go from here? So you know, it's one of those things where. It's, and I hope it's not kind of like what uh, Minister Farrakhan did a few months ago, where he was like, justice or else. Well, we haven't got the justice, so what's the or else? Everybody was like not prepared to cross that bridge. And we're threatening, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. And then when that card is pulled and somebody, you know, says, okay, what you going to do? And you go, well, gee, I hadn't really planned on that. Well, I, why did you know? And I think, I hate to say it, you know, I really think any life that is lost is a tragedy, you know, um, but I just think of our, our brother on the late Malcolm X, you know, they tell you know the mm-hmm. police officers, would he have said, Well, that's just the chickens coming home to roost? You know, because yeah, we look at it and the first thing he did was, Oh, these officers leave behind this family and they leave behind that family. Wait a minute. What about the black men that were shot? What about the black men that were hung in Atlanta and they I heard there were two hangings. One was 
got slight coverage. Our one didn't get any coverage at all, and they were hung yeah. over the past two weeks. What about those families they leave behind? Well, it was you know, no nobody coverage. Wants to talk about that. Yeah. No coverage whatsoever. And, exactly. and, and, and first of all, I just want to thank you for coming on, David. Uh, uh, before we really get deep into it, uh, into our conversation, could you just tell the audience what you do and, and how you do it and how can it get in contact with you for any information? Oh, so I'm a producer on a newscast called The Wrap-Up Newscast, and we are building actually a wire service that actually promotes uh, the news and media that the mainstream media misses, and that's called the Global Wire Services, and they are both owned, 100% African-American owned. And what we do is we promote issues of stories that affect and are important to us. And primarily they're the stories that the mainstream media overlooks, you know, be it positive or be it informational. You know, we like everything to be positive, but sometimes it's not. But it's information, it's things we need to know. And so those are the kind of things that we, we promote and we hopefully will be able to reach out and let a greater, broader audience know about this information uh, network. So I work with those two organizations. And that's the wrapupnewscast.com and globalwireservices.com. And uh, the reason I called you, I was watching some, uh, watching, watching one of the talk shows. Y'all really raising hell out there, Oakland, aren't you? <laughs> you know, like when we're trying, I mean, being the birthplace of the um, Black Panther movement, you kind of, I think, have an obligation to say, you know, we're going we're gonna, to, we didn't start this mess, and we're damn sure going to finish it, you know, and it's it's one of the things, I mean, I think, uh, matter of fact, somebody put up a, a meme uh, on Facebook and Instagram, and the top part showed the Black Panthers are on the steps of the Sacramento Capitol with their guns in hand. And then they said, you know, 1967. Then it showed below 2016, and it was a large group of African Americans with their hands up, you know, mm. de-armed. And it said, where, what happened? Where have we gone wrong? You know, and so it's one of those things where those brothers fought and died, sold. literally. You said it. You said you said it earlier in your intro when you was giving the audience, the listeners, a short, brief historical synopsis of how we got here today. I'm going to tell you one word. Well, the two words, sell out, commercialize. A lot of my brothers became professors, lawyers, uh, uh, teachers, politicians, and, 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 and I hope, they say history repeats itself. I hope it doesn't happen again. And I hope this time, with all of these rallies, all of these discussions, all you see, I have not stopped talking about it. My family and I have not stopped talking about it. I grew up talking about it. Uh, I grew up trying to do something about it. Uh, 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 I just hope that right now, David, the world, I mean, they're protesting in London, they're protesting in Australia. They're protesting in Canada. The world is watching us how we handle this. And I just hope all the, whoever is leading these rallies and protests are able to sit down and draw. Because we only got one shot at this. They only, you know, America goes to see. Um, I think America is a little embarrassed right now, subconsciously. I come from a psychological approach, uh, psychological profile. It's a little embarrassed now, and they really don't want to do it because it's ironic. I think it would have never got the world attention. Now, I know I'm going to get some, you know, I hope my show just don't shut down by blog talk because of what I'm about to say. It would not have gotten this type of tension if it wasn't for the young brother shooting at these cops. Man, in fact, I feel that if he didn't do this by now, everything would have died down. But since he, you know, I'm not saying that we need to do that. I'm not, I'm not condoning it. 
I'm just saying it would never have gotten the international attention if it wasn't for the well, you know, down. You know, and the funny thing is, like, here's, you know, I, I agree with you on that. I do agree with you on that. And at first, I was like, oh, great, more of the same. Because if you remember, back when Eric Garner was killed and shortly after Trayvon Martin was killed, uh, supposedly there were two uh, New York City police officers that were shot in their car. And what they mm-hmm. said was, you know, the person who shot them, although I don't know if they ever caught them, supposedly, um, it was retribution for the two men that were, were killed. And everybody said, oh, my God, those poor police officers. And it shifted the yeah, light totally away they, from they, what they happened. Had the viewing on TV. I remember yes, that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember so, that. so I was saying, when I saw this, I said, oh, here they go again, staging another, you know, tragedy to take the, the – um, you know, the um, what happened away. Now, here's what happened. I talked to a friend of mine who lives in Dallas, Texas, who happened to be down the street at the time it happened. Now, here, here's what's really, what's really strange, okay? We say we live in a free country and we are free media and free press, but I tell you there's so much stuff we don't know because they said he was a lone gunman. He was around. He was alone. She said, but David, let me tell you, she said there were three other people taken into custody. And I said, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. She said, uh, she was in the Army for 10 years, she said, and when the shooting was going on, she said it was a volley, and it was continuous for about seven minutes. She said there was a shootout. It wasn't just one lone sniper. It was a shootout. They were exchanging shots. She said they were doing it for elevated positions, she said, and they were well-trained. They were picking off the police like ducks in a barrel. She <laughs> said, now, the three people they have. Yeah, she said, well, no, that just hurt, but here's the thing. She, she says the three people they have in uh, they had in this is what she's telling me they had detained or arrested rather uh, there were two women and one man and they were the women and men were saying nothing except giving them their name and social security number that was it they, almost as if you know like, there's no sorry well they they hadn't asked anything they weren't asking any questions anything looking straight ahead name social security number and they said they believe one of the other women was also a sniper. So they're saying what the mainstream media is not telling that. They're saying he acted alone. She said he didn't act alone. It was a group. She said, now, there's also another group, which I've heard about before, and I'm not sure if they call themselves the New Black Panthers or what. She said, but they're heavily, because Texas is the right to carry. They're heavily armed. She said, and two weeks prior to that, they were at the state capitol. She said, but the media didn't cover it, didn't say nothing about it, but they kind of did a reenactment of what the Black Panthers did in California in 1960. At the state capitol, they had a rally. They were heavily armed. She said the police stood back because they didn't just have pistols. They had rifles and semi-automatic hand, uh, weapons. She said the police did not want a confrontation. They let them do what they did do, and then they, they left and dispersed. She said, but the brothers are very militant. She's sitting in there well-armed. She said, but you won't hear about that. Anytime you hear about well-armed, they're showing you the white people. And I'm yeah. like, you I know, wow. You so, yeah. Yeah. Next Tuesday, I have a member of the new Black Panther Party who's one of the leaders who was arrested. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to mention his name. Okay? Uh, I'm not going to mention his name, like, till Tuesday Afternoon, because I don't want anything to happen, you know. Right, and, right. Uh, he's coming up, cause but this this was scheduled like last month, way before the shootings. You know what kills me? You know what kills me? Uh, uh, this this was, uh, I'm upset, very upset. And, and, and our lives really don't matter in this country because there was no flags flown half mass for these gentlemen. There were no, like I said, I keep on saying, if it wasn't for them brothers and sisters doing the shootings, it never would have received the intent. It would got the, like I said, it would got like the 72, the average 72-hour coverage, you know, and I think the way the media is handling, I mean, even stars, are starting and, and are starting to say something like they act like they got some type of conscience. You know how uh, celebrities act when they ask something, they ask about something uh, in the black community. Oh, they don't know anything. 
oh, we should come together. You know what? Try to come together. We try copying your lifestyle. We we try to assimilate you heavily. I mean, half of us are more Eurocentric than you are. Now, people are starting to step back and say, wait a minute. That could be my son. That could be my grandson. That could be my nephew. That could be my niece. Hell, that could be me. You know, and and like I said on a show on Sunday night, it's going to get worse because they'll talk about, on Sunday night show, they'll talk about what do we need to do to heal thyself. I said, sweetheart, it's going to get worse before it gets better. If it goes down, if we do this right, it's going to get worse before it gets better. What do you think about that, David? you think it's going to get worse before it gets better? What do you think? What do you think should be our reaction? I mean, so far we're doing it right, man. You know, I I, I just got to Well, you know, my thing is this. Like I said, you said, you know, and unfortunately we always say, you know, if you want to see the rainbow, you got to bear the rain. But my thing is, like I said, I don't just want a knee-jerk reaction. We go out there, we protest, you know, okay, and they go, okay, well, we've heard you. We we let you have the 50 minutes of fame. Now go away, go back to work, and be a good little Negro. That's what I don't want. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things we're having is, to be honest, like I said, I'm, I was vice president of the NAACP in uh, Eastern Contra Costa County and uh, did it for two years. And I kid you not, they actually asked me, uh, <laughs> they said, um, Brother Watts, you, uh, we need you to calm down a bit. And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, you're a little too much like Malcolm. We need you to be more like Martin. You know, and uh, so I I was like, you know, so what? They, and they, I mentioned it. In the later years, Martin, he well, didn't like Malcolm. Exactly, he saw. Yeah. Exactly, because he saw this nonviolence. It ain't working. We're trying to appeal right. to the better nature of, of an individual who doesn't have any, or you know, a system that's not designed to hear us. So, my thing is this: I'm wondering, is it going to come down? Because honestly, integration was probably one of the worst things that happened. We all know from the Tulsa, Oklahoma oh, riot. Right, when we had our own thing, we were doing fine. And the problem they had was we were doing better than they were. And so they couldn't have that. So for us to say, you know what, fine, just give us this piece of land over here and we'll do our own thing, they're like, no, because they've seen from history, you do better than us. You're more resilient, you're you're stronger, you're more charismatic people than we are, so we can't do that. So I'm beginning to wonder if maybe what we need to do, and I, I mean, I don't know how it would work, Maybe we need to have our own separate police force, you know, so you can put over, you know, the separate police force for African Americans. I mean, that sounds ludicrous, a little far-fetched, you know, but at the same time, and you know, I can say this, because the problem is if you have a black officer and a white officer in the, in the car, the black officer is sometimes going to be worse because he feels he's got something to prove because he's got white superiors and he's got other white supervisors who are going to be looking on him not to be lenient toward people of his own race. But if you had a, a organization that was made up just of individuals and you were told, look, you're here because they've been treated fairly by other races, then maybe your mindset's going to be different, you know? Hey, you so know, okay, I, I there's, know. An organization, there's an organization that's thinking along your line. Uh, uh, there's an organization called the Nation of Islam that's different from Louis Farrakhan. Uh, it's by this brother named Silas Muhammad, and he said that we should have our own government. We should have our own land. Because we continue, if we continue down this road of assimilation, we will be like the Native Americans, the First Nation. We will not exist. Uh, I said, wow, really? And he went on to say another thing. He said uh, his representative was on the show a few weeks ago. Matter of fact, last week, uh, uh, she said that they uh, they really want to take the United States of America to the U- charge the United <laughs> States genocide to the UN. 
Forget the well, you know the United America States. We, huh? Well, the United States has been censured by the World Court. I think it's happened about two years ago, and it wasn't in the mainstream media. As a matter of fact, you would only have found out about it if you watched Al Jazeera, which is, mm-hmm. you know, of course, a news organization that is not based in this country. Um, Al Jazeera brought it up. The you United States government drop. basically. Yeah, Al Jazeera has dropped, you know. They don't come on anymore. Well, but here's the thing. Well, here Al Jazeera was on the um, the regular broadcast media, and they said they found it hard to compete in the United States. In the, excuse me, how they put it in the American market because of the fact that they were actually being somewhat isolated and blackballed out. So basically, what you have is you had advertisers who were basically told if you advertise on Al Jazeera, you're not going to be advertised on NBC, ABC, CNN. So they pulled their collective ranks to squeeze Al Jazeera out. So Al Jazeera is not on the broadcast media, but you can still find Al Jazeera online. And oh, they have okay. a very heavy presence online. But, yeah, you're exactly right. They actually stopped broadcasting on the regular broadcast networks because the American media market actually froze them out because they weren't yeah, biased. Yeah, watch them all? They weren't, uh, absolutely. All they weren't to, yep, they weren't toting. You know, the, to be honest, the white supremacist line saying this is what you need to say, this is what you need to show, that we're going to show the truth, and they said, okay, fine, we're going to take away your money. So now Al Jazeera is backed out of that market. Now they said we can show whatever we want because you can't censor the Internet. I mean, you can block servers like they do in China and Cuba and things like that, but just when you start doing that, people <coughs> want to know. They have to wait a minute. How come I can't access this website? How come I can't? What's going on? You know, who knows if Donald Trump's elected, he may just openly do it. But, you know, my point is if we have the Native Americans, like I said, they have their different, you know, reservations, which I hear they hate. But I guarantee you, I don't think the United States government, like I said, they were censured by the, in front of the world court, and they basically said, whatever, dismiss, yes, we got the censure, okay, now what's next? As if we're not going to even entertain that. Recently it was all over the news because China um, is getting into some dispute with um, some country over some uh, areas in the South China Sea. China says they belong to them. The other country says they belong to them. And everybody in the United States says we need to go to the war court. And China's like, we're not going to participate. This is our land. If you come over here, we have nuclear weapons. We have this. You're going to cause a problem. So the United States doesn't want that kind of stuff because China's not backing down. So my point is, unless you are able to go on par and go toe-to-toe with a superpower, you have no place. I don't think the United States government is going to let the black man set up a separate government on sovereign U.S. soil and let us give us, like, the equivalent to a state and have us autonomous. not here. They're not going to allow that. We have to basically go somewhere and have some island or some other country over in Africa or Europe, you know, if we were able to do that. But I don't think we're going to be able to do it on this soil. They're not going to allow that. Uh, you know what, David? I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit. And mm-hmm. what I'm about to say, you're going to say in your mind, damn, Kenny just went crazy. Yeah, he lost his mind. What I'm about to say, okay. he said, oh, my God, he's he, he losing it. I, I hope, if you look at our history in the United States of America, the only time that we come out full force is when our back is against the wall and there's nowhere else to go. I hope Donald Trump wins the election because it will force us as Africans born in America to start building a nation within a nation economically. I'm not talking about, uh, 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 you know, like, I'm not talking about really separatism. I'm talking about taking our resources and start investing in us and start focusing on us. I mean, if you want some food, you go to a black super, super bar. Oh, Kenny, there are no supermarkets owned by black folks. Well, you know, at this time in 2016, we got a lot of millionaires. Uh, and we got a lot of thousandaires, what Richard Pryor used to call a lot of thousandaires, you know. And maybe we start to pull our resources, like in Kwanzaa, collective economics. You know, all you cats that talk about you celebrate Kwanzaa, 
you know, one's uh, uh, terms requires collective economics and, and start really focusing on us, bring back the Black Wall Street, bring back the days of where we just couldn't go into a department store downtown, you know. Okay, have, have know, some Start building our old hotels. Hey, we got enough money, man. We could purchase our own airline. Okay, I have something to tell you. And I'm sure you. We've got brothers that before Bill Cosby got uh, 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 busted for sexual harassment and everything. Now, twice in Bill Cosby's life, he tried to purchase NBC. The first time he tried to purchase NBC, they killed his son. The second time he tried to purchase NBC, guess what? They say, you know what? We're just going to tell everybody about you. They slander his name. Now, did Bill Cosby, you know, I think there was one or two where Bill Cosby got freaky on the women, you know? But 40 or 50 women? Come on, man. You can't drug. And nobody don't say nothing for 30, 40 years? I think all of this is just, uh, you know, and, and I don't put nothing past the United States. If you want to look how Heron and crack got into the inner cities, the black community, you don't have to go too far. All you got to look at is Washington, D.C. So I'm really saying that I think the only way we're really going to start getting serious, uh, serious about all of this, we need a deep jerk react. We need, we need a pie in the face. We need Okay, I got something to tell you, and I wonder if, if you know this. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Now, when you say that about Donald Trump, and here's – Something I'm okay. How can I can I put this here? There is when the um, Million Man March happened for the 20th anniversary with uh, Farrakhan. Uh, one of the things that was not shown on the media, you know, because a lot of the hotel rooms were sold out. One of the things that was not shown was um, the Ronald Reagan uh, International Airport, I guess, over in Washington, and it was another uh-huh. small private airport were inundated was private jets, right? Do you know uh-huh. over 300 of the private jets that flew into those airports were owned by black men? The media did not cover that. It was covered by a small handful of things. Al Jazeera is one that covered it. And do you know, we have been working on the old, <laughs> we've been working on the old um, financial, um, I forget what it is, but basically, we we're always saying, you know, African Americans in this country have $3 trillion in spending power. We don't. As of 2015, last count, we had over $14 trillion in economic spending power. We make up 28% of this country. Now, about probably, I want to say about a month ago, and once again, this is not reported on the mainstream media, in I think it was North Carolina, and I forget the actual city, it was the African-Americans in the city in response to what had happened, in response to being treated as second- and third-class citizens, decided to do an economic boycott of a local popular mall, and i got to get the information, um, in the city. And do you know within about two weeks, the mall had to close. They could not pay their electricity, mm. water, or other bills. Mm. They shut it down. Just the black people started going to the mall, and they shut it down. That's, that's you and I for. Now, I really didn't know that information, and I'm always looking at uh, 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 black newsprint, black media, trying to uh, collaborate something. And, and I, and, but well, that's what you and I for, for not, pushing, not pushing that information. Well, here's another forward. thing, too. Right? But here's another thing, too. Did you, okay, this is going to sound crazy. So, like I said, I. I'm going to send it to you. I'll probably send it to you off the air. Did you get the text message? No. Okay, it's simply being called the text message and what we're doing. I got it from a friend of mine in uh, Los Angeles three days ago, and then I got it the next morning from a friend of mine in New York. About the economic boycott? That's correct, yes. And they're saying we're not putting it on social media. Right, exactly. We're not putting on social media. Coca-Cola and all that. Target first and then Coca-Cola, yes. So oh, my yeah. thing is Look, I'm I really got, amazed got, at the you fact. You got to go to black things. I got, but you know what? Yes. You know, but, but, but you people like us that are aware, 
we need to take that information, put a list of banks, list of black, look, list of yes. banks that are owned yes. by black men. In fact, somebody need to call these black banks and say, look, man, we doing this boycott, you know, are you going to open your arms because people going to close their accounts and come to you? And how are you going to treat? Are you going to treat you know the same as the white boys? Are you going to treat you know what? differently? Oh, my God, kid, like you, you got a point. social consciousness, huh? Now, okay, now, you know what? Yeah. You know, now you're talking. I, I was thinking I, that's a great idea. Another thing is I started a website, and, you know, I never really built it up, and now I think it's a time, and it's called basically I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's called Bay Area Wall Street, and maybe I need to change the name, but what it was was I was going to gather a list of black-owned organizations and put them on this website. And what the website would be, basically, was going to be a stock market. We'd assign a value. We'd do evaluation of the business and allow the, the companies to get basically sell stock. And, we, you know, we had a, a formula. We sell stock. A lot of people would be able to recoup their loss, their uh, profits, dividends, and things like that. And what we called it was we said the place to go to help mom and pops grow. So that's what we were going to start doing. And then I, somebody said, well, you got to go to the SEC and get a security exchange, and it can only be this amount of money. And I was like, okay. And so I got a little disillusioned. But now that I'm thinking about it, that was essentially going to the white man and saying, please tell me how to play by your rules. Right. If I go and, and I set a, a business and I have other businesses way. that do that, right, they ain't got nothing to do with it because this ain't got nothing to do with you. This is our thing. Right. This is our economics right. freedom. They can't come in here and tell us how to run our business. So I'm thinking, right. you know what, maybe that's what we need to do, start a black Wall Street. And not just a black that's Wall Street right. physically, but a black Wall Street financially. So black businesses exist, black people can invest in them, and black people can benefit. I think we need to do that. I, I need to, I, I, I need for you, I need for you, uh, uh, David, on Thursday night, I know you can hate, you hate, or, well, but it's a little closer <laughs> to you. Okay. <laughs> Thursday night, uh, uh, like a Superior Power in Black America by Dow Mooney Freeman. They come from Texas. They have a radio show on the Queen Mother for Real Media okay. every Thursday night. I really need for you to call in Thursday night. Okay, really I can do that. have a discussion with Dowell Freeman because he said the same. He said he's been, he been talking this ever since I met him. I met him about two months after I met you. And, you know, and wow. something about this, this, this radio show, man, that I'm doing, and, 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 and like, like I told Ear, God rest her soul, I told Ear, I told the Queen Mother, she asked me, um, what you going to do with the show? I just want to network. I just want to get black folks that think alike and put them together and go for the goal of freedom of the black man. If it's, this is politics, put all the black politics together, y'all do y'all thing. Businessmen, media men, uh, 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 social consciousness people together, and, and just two things I'm going to leave out. No, there's one thing I'm going to leave out. It's religion. Because we got black Christians, black Muslims, black Hebrews, uh, 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 black Moors, uh, 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 Buddhists, uh, atheists. Or just leave the religion at home. Leave the religion at home and come with your thinking. Come with your skill level and organize and network. And, 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 and you know what? Like I said, on, uh, on, you know, I had an emergency show Friday night. Well, all of my hosts together, and we had a round table. And I ended by saying this, you know, I'm tired of talking. I'm tired. We're good talkers. We're excellent planners. But we're not good at implementing unless it's for the individual self. And I'm tired of talking. Really, I am. I've been talking for, for, for ever since I was 14 years old. I've been talking, 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 trying to join different groups that said this message and everything, but I don't see no, I don't see no fruit. Well, wrong English. I don't see any fruit. I don't see any fruit at all. And it's time to bear fruit. Now, are we going to see it, David? You and I, and, and I told you, one day, Dow uh, Freeman was really depressed because he tried to start this, this credit union for black folks and everything, and he wants to do the stock market thing. 
you know, it's not like, you know, bearing fruit yet. I say, look, guys, you're not going to see the results. You're not. You're, you're a pioneer. You and I and David, we're not going to see the results. It might take two or three generations before it starts bearing fruit. And one thing about black folks, we don't have the, um, the uh, staying power, the resilience. Unless it's surviving, but to 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 uh, progress to make significant progress for the race of the black man, we don't have that step. If we don't see within six months to a year, we drop it. We drop it. We all forget about it. But we, this is something that we have to keep on going and going and going and going. Hello. Well, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Matter of fact, I sent you a link that I just got from one of my uh, sources that has every black bank listed in the United States. I just sent you a list. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so I, I think we need that. to. I got to yeah, that to Dow. I got to that to Dow Freeman. And, 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 you know, I, I was Dow Freeman just calling the show, but on Tuesday night he worked. Hey, you know and, I'm, and, and that's another thing. I'm tired uh, having my, uh, uh, you know, I'm about to be an old man, you know, even though, you know, even though they say that, even though they say I'm not old yet, you know, I got another 15, I, I, I can't retire for another 10 years, you know, but you know what, <laughs> I, I don't want to wait to, I want to wait to retire. I want to build my own company. I'm trying to build my own company. I'm trying to get other black folks, community folks, to come in with me so I can market them. I bet you if I was a white boy, I would have no problem getting these folks to come in with me. I was at a podcast uh, uh, conference, right, and uh, these white boys were charging yeah, because it's not too many black podcasts, you know. And, and these, these, these white boys are getting all these sponsors, paying his money and everything. I can't get our own people to pay $50 for me to market them. And what they do, they call me, act like they will come in with me, and I, give them, and I tell them how I'm going to market them. Next thing I know, a couple people change their number. Don't even ask my and they say, I look on social media, they took my ideas, they're doing them themselves. Instead of letting the brother, let, all, let it be a win-win situation. Let's, more, let's inspire each other. Let's, let's work together in building an economic, an economic, uh, how does that call it, uh, 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 economic yeah. prosperity for the black community. You know, let's, let's, let's. Keep this money together. I know we went off the subject a little bit from Michael Johnson. I call him a warrior. They were, hey, that's another thing. They were calling this brother. He got mental health issues. If you have mental health issues, why you let him? Why you let him in your army? If you have mental health issues, you know why? Why you give him services? Why he was fighting for you? But as soon as he start fighting for black folks, he had mental health issues. And he, you know, and that's here's the thing. You remember the, the Orlando shooting of the of yes. the um the gay nightclub? Now they touched right. on it once or twice, and then they started mentioning it. But one of the ladies who was in the bathroom um, when he was coming shooting up people, she was black, and she survived. And she said he walks yeah, in that. there, yeah, and he said, "If there's anybody here who's black, I am not." Here to hurt you. you. He said, You have suffered enough. enough. He said, I'm here for the white people. <laughs> now, and, they and, said and, that and once when she said. Home, yeah, and, and excuse me for cutting you off. Cutting you off hmm? I know there are white folks at home who say, Why people hate us so much? All you got to do is look at your history. Look at, look at your history and look what your ancestors have done. Look how you benefit from what they, they have done and you still benefit today. You know, when he said that, I noticed, then I noticed in subsequent Ooh, interviews, they cut that part that she said. I was, I was watching The View. I've been on vacation uh-huh. for like eight days. I was watching The View, right? Uh, 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 Whoopi Goldberg told her white co-host, you benefit from white privilege. You have white 
that's what has that if you look at the history today, you have you are benefiting for white you don't have to sit down and tell your son, be careful. If a matter of fact, you, you tell your son if there's a problem, run to the cops. We tell our sons, run away from them. That's right. Don't trust them. You know, hide from them. That's the difference. We there's no black privilege in this country. As a matter of fact, if you want to make it in this country, you had to kiss a little behind. You got to do it their way. You got to go to their schools. You got to think like them. You got to look like them. People are starting to get bleached their skin to look white. How dare you? The Creator gave you the most beautiful skin of the world, and you want to bleach it or get Chinese eyes? Be be proud of your wide nose. Be proud of your hazel brown eyes. Be proud of your thick lips. Be, and women, be proud. And white women are going, running to the doctors to get big butts. Be proud of your, 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 your curvy state of sister. I just went on the side. Right. I, 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 I know you said, oh, my God, the man lost his mind. Oh, uh, well, y'all, I'm, I'm, all, I'm just, just going to call a psychiatrist. Uh, if you call a psychiatrist for me, make sure he's black. <laughs> and that's another thing. You know, I come from the psychology world. We, we study uh, Freud, like, like Erickson, and all of them, right? And all the experiments don't include Africans. We don't think our psychological makeup, our sociological makeup, like John Clark said, like John Henry Clark said, is different from the European. And these black psychiatrists need to do their own experiment on us. I mean, or there are black psychiatrists they call themselves Freudians. Matter of fact, all Floyd cared about was a European Jew. Wow. Let's get, and, 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 and these black psychiatrists got these, and, and all they want to do, oh, oh, just, oh, what? I, I never met a black man that wanted to have sex with their moms. Okay. That's Floyd. That's Floyd. Sexual behavior. Oh, I could get deep, Dave. I could get deep, deep. I could get deep in the deep. But I never, you know, that's the first time I ever expressed that. But I've been thinking like that for like 25 years. But I know if I would say that, my white colleagues will look at me as a racist. How can we be racist? How can black folks be racist when we were slaves? The Jim Crow laws. The burning of the city. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bring in a new term for our black folks. Predatory policing. You've been doing predatory policing for hundreds of years in our community. First you hung us, you kill us, you burn our testicles, our private ports. And that's how much you envy us, you catch us doing anything that's going to threaten your society. You hang us up from a tree, tar us out of us. And cut our privates off. Now tell me, isn't that sick? But you need you used to do it sneakily, but now you do it wide open. You just don't care. <laughs> the camera's right on. Yo, man, the camera's on. Who care about them? You know what they call it? Bam, right in the head. In Baton Rouge. Matter of fact, you got that boy in Florida selling his gun on, on uh, eBay, and he, he got like $30,000 for his gun that, that shot Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman. Wow. I'm sorry, Dave. I, I'm sorry, Dave, for cutting you off, man. I've been wondering, no, you know, no, I, I want to express that for 24. I was scared to express that, man. But, as a matter of fact, I gonna go, I'm going to go more. White psychiatrists don't have no 
business in the black man race. Now I say it. Yeah, I used to, I, I had this I, I, in, in Brooklyn. I had this little, you know, we had a little beef after I said what I said in, in a private conversation. It was just me and him. We was having lunch together. I said, you know, you know, you know, Freud, because he was always talking about Freud in the meeting. Yeah, I said, you know, Freud never did any experiments or studies on black folks. I don't wow. think his, I don't think his theories, and this was, let me tell you, I had this conversation back in 2006. I, I don't think a, a psychology is made for the black man. White psychology, we need our own psychology. Every sister, everything I said at the meetings or where I used to run these conferences, he would attack me. He would attack me. He would attack me. Yeah, man. True story. True, true story. This how I think. This is the this is the problem we have. You know, wherever we disagree with each other, wherever we 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 make an analysis of one another discipline, boy, we, the venom just come out of our mouth. Yeah, I've been wanting to say that for years, man. Openly, and I said it, and it feels great. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that from reading John Hendrick Clark. Yeah, I'm a follower of John Clark, and I said that openly for the first time ever. I've been right on, man, for years. I've been studying the man for yeah, but you know John Clark was even though he taught at, he taught at all of these Ivy League universities, even though he was a professor, and even had a documentary on his life for on Showtime. Wesley Snipes was the last narrator, but he was dead and gone by then. <laughs> he was alive. That's right. I, 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 I bet you half of Black America don't even know who John Henry Clark is. Half of black America don't even know who Marcus Garvey is. Please. Wow. Half of black America don't even know what Juneteenth is and what it stands for. And, she, and this is what I mean. But, but it takes this. It takes an event like this for people to dust off that book. Why? Because they said if you if you want to hide anything for the black man, just put in the book. It's time to take the book that you gave me thirty years ago, dust it off, and finally read it. Get your dictionary, because you ain't gonna understand half of the words and write the meaning down. Cause these some heavy times, man. Yeah. Start start building our start becoming consciousness, and let's stop being reactive. This is a time to plan. And implement. John Clark said that you know, we should look at the Japanese to see how they did it. Because the Japanese is the only culture that had two atomic bombs ever dropped on them, which atomic, atomic bombs are baby nuclear weapons. And you did, they didn't pound their chest. They didn't throw their fists up in the air. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't march and have rallies. Say, oh, America, look what you did to us. What they did. Those businessmen, those technical men, those academias got went to the back room and kept it quiet. And by the 70s, they were the number one technical technology country in the world. We buying their, we buying their computers. We buying their automobiles. We, we we buying everything that got to do with technology. Japan, Japan, yeah. and that's why I say, like in the earlier show, like we need to start implementing, and we need to keep it quiet too. You know, every time we, we find something that works for us, we want to run to white media. Oh, please, please put us on the air. We got something to tell you. Nah, man. Let's do it like this. And when we come out, when we come out, hey, we will find, they will find, we will find prosperity. They will find unity and whatever. But, you know, it's a lot to work on, David. Like I said, it's going to take generations. Like I said, the Japanese started this, like, in the 40s. And it took them 30 years. It took them 30 years. Become uh, economic, technicalized, technical. 
technology power where it is today. We just got to do it, Kenneth. We got to do it. I think as we've been talking so much as a people, we've been talking about what we're going to do, and we're going to do that, then we protest, so we feel that we've made strides for our people for the, for the movement, and we haven't. All we did was march around our hands up, yell little, go back in the house and eat. I think we yes. need to definitely say, this is it. You crossed the line. Now, you know, like I said, there's an old saying, it's better to die on your feet than die on your knees. You know, right. So right now they got us on our knees, and we need to stand up and say, you know what, we're not going to take it anymore. You know, I've seen uh, this post that was on uh, Instagram, and it was this white guy, and I don't want to keep saying because my, my wife is biracial. My grandfather is was white. My father-in-law is 100% white. So I have no mm-hmm. problem with white being the absence of melanin. I have a problem with those who think they are, you know, uh, superior to me because of that absence of melanin. And so, you know, somebody, a guy was on Instagram, and he had a wife, and he said, you know, I'm just waiting for when one of these niggers gets out. He's going to show them this ain't Baltimore. I've been waiting to use my Beret 50 caliber on some black flesh. I'm like, okay, so you think you're the only one that's got that? You think we ain't got it too? You know what I'm saying? Well, so, I mean, do you really want to come down to that? This white, this white host, this white host, now I put this on yesterday. I think his name is John. John, uh, I'm gonna say John Hooker. He said, "He said white people, we have to, we have to declare, we gotta declare war on black folks." Cause I mean, I, I, I don't want white, and you see, I don't want white folks to be intimidated by us. I want white folks to. But they already are. They already are. But they already afraid. You know, we see it with police when they pull us up. They're coming with their hand on the, the, the weapon, which is considered brandishing, because they're afraid. Like, I know a few years ago, it was probably five years ago, when uh, this 11-year-old kid got shot, and they asked the cop, why did you shoot him? And he said, literally, I saw a 300-pound man coming at me. Psychologically, he was afraid of an 11-year-old black boy, so he shot him. And wow. it's like, this is happening, and when you look at the, they say the culture, you look at where they're training them, they're training them to shoot. They're using black targets. They're using the outline of a black thing, so they're ingraining them. This is a threat. This is a threat. And that's not a happenstance. That's happened. That's a system of white supremacy, white suppression, and it's trained them to to, to work. Like matter of fact, I think it was um, not Dr. Umar, but um, another journal, I forget his name, he said if you – have not been in white supremacy has not been ingrained in you by the time you were in the eighth grade. You were not studying. He said, You right, took quickly, we uh, got a minute, social we science. Minute, yes. 50, we got a minute 54 seconds. Do you have any closing statements to say to the listeners? I would say the best way to create freedom and to be strong united is by pulling our resources. If you've got children, boys and girls, and you worry about them as I do my children, we've got to pull our resources. We are stronger together. There's an old saying, united we stand, divided we fall. Okay? We've got to pull our resources. We are strong people, resilient people. We can overcome this, and we can be victorious. And also, it's time to implement. Dave, I want to thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. And, Thank you for uh, having me. And we, uh, you know, we, we know we always talk, so. Absolutely. It's time to implement, folks. It's time to stop talking. Stop planning. Start planning and start to implement. But we got to keep it quiet. And stop running to them for help. With that, I am because we are. And we are because I am. I just want to say one more thing. If I offend anyone, I don't apologize. (laughs) Thank you so much. See you later. Good night, everyone. Hey, thanks a lot, Kenneth. I really appreciate it. All right.